Hey everybody, uh, welcome to another drive through rundown. This is the last that I'm going to be doing this week and covering uh, some different expansions. So today, as you can see, we're going to be covering uh, Frostgrave. And there's been a number of different modules that have come out over the last uh, about two years now uh, for Frostgrave. And I want to just kind of cover them, and I will be covering them, not to spoil anything, uh, kind of, I think, in probably uh, least necessary to most necessary. Although, as you can see, I have all of them. <laughs> so... Uh, the publisher is going to be coming out with uh, some kind of expansion e kind of thing, I think, at the end of this year, and there, I think there's going to be more to follow. Uh, so this isn't certainly the end of it, but I do know the next one is going to be sort of like on a jungle island kind of thing. So it's going to be uh, moving away from the city of uh, Felstad and into, I can't remember the name of the island, but I do know there's more stuff coming, and I assume they will eventually uh, revisit the Frozen City. Now, the first thing to look at here is Tales of the Frozen City. Now, this is not really an expansion. I just want to kind of quickly highlight it. It's a collection of short stories uh, set in the world of Frostgrave. And I have read a couple of these. And these are kind of interesting because, as you see as I progress through this, it's kind of like a nice little idea box for maybe creating your own scenarios. Uh, there's a couple of things in there that will sort of go outside the bounds of at least the rules that have been defined so far. Uh, so it's a nice read as well, just kind of give you, uh, set you in the mood and the vibe of the place. So I just want to kind of quickly mention that they do have this book as well. And then looking here now, uh, this is uh, probably, I think this is the most recent one, uh, Forgotten Packs. I'm not sure. I have another one in here that I'm not sure is actually quite out yet. Uh, but this is definitely the most recent or the second most recent. And this is covering uh, the Barbarian Tribes. And these are sort of a demon-worshipping uh, barbarian tribe. So let's jump into the book a little bit here. And I just want to kind of highlight, you know, the nice art. They always did a great job of uh, supplementing these rules with art. So you can see the, the barbarians there. Uh, now we've got a picture of one of the demons here. So if you've got a lot of demon type of models or you pick up some of the models from North Star, uh, this is going to give you, uh, you know, some access to that and some different sort of ways of, of dealing with the demons. And I feel like this is going to kind of lead into uh, the jungle area, but I'm not really sure there. So we've got that. We've got a lot of different, uh, different abilities and things that players can do uh, interacting with the demons. Uh, now we've got here uh, sort of a different sort of chart here for summoning the demons. It's kind of kind of beef up uh, the summoner's ability there. And so you've got the different uh, ways that you can get it. And you're going to get access to some of the different um, attributes and things that are going to uh, be on the demons here. So these, these are minor demonic attributes that they can have. Uh, so it's going to flesh that out uh, a little bit more there. And then we're also going to get back to... Um, uh, these are major demonic attributes. So these are different things that you can kind of tinker with in terms of, you know, beyond your wizard, uh, beyond your apprentice, uh, and, you know, beyond your basic warband. This is going to give you some more room to play in terms of the construction of your, uh, your warband here. So we've got some new magic as well, uh, mystic brands that you can get here. And these are sort of temporarily magical things uh, that you can do. And you can give access to that to, uh, you know, all of your spellcasters in here can get this and sort of an, another sort of avenue to uh, go down here. And we've got new soldiers here, assassin, and of course we have a demon hunter because, you know, if there's demons, we need demon hunters. And you've got an interesting uh, way to do the scenarios here. So it comes with eight scenarios, and six of them are like little mini campaigns that you can do, uh, which is nice. So you don't have to get too, you know, delved into a, a big 
uh, campaign, uh, we can see scenario one, part two, and then uh, scenario one, part three, and so on. So you've got these little mini campaigns that you can do, as well as a couple of additional ones uh, at the back of the book here. And you've got the typical things that you're gonna see in the rest of these books, uh, new items, uh, new treasure, and then a little bit more of a bestiary, as well as it's gonna talk about um, having the barbarians there as well, who have their own interactions with the different demons there. So that's a quick kind of overview of Forgotten Packs. And then in a similar vein here, we have uh, Thaw of the Lich Lord. Now this is one long campaign. Uh, it's very interesting. So this, in a lot of ways, feels most like the base game. This was the first expansion. And so you have a sort of a, a direct story campaign that you can go through. And you are dealing with not only uh, the other player that's trying to get the treasure as well, uh, but you're also dealing with this Lich Lord here uh, that has now risen out of Felstad kind of immediately as players, maybe they've been going through the scenarios in the base game and they've sort of awoken this guy or this guy's, you know, maybe he's kind of behind the melting of the, the city and he's trying to rise to power. Uh, so we'll take a quick look into this. So this is a very direct uh, campaign. Now, I haven't played through this one, but uh, from what I've seen online, players uh, somewhat differ but I think you could start new war bands and play straight through this whole campaign. I've seen enough people online say that they've done that and they've had success with it. And others have said, you know, it's good that you've maybe, you've leveled up a little bit. You've got like some level four and five wizards and then everybody kind of goes through this after they've played the game a few times. So uh, I think you could probably do it either way, uh, but this might be, you know, you might want to do this certainly after you play the game a few times just to get used to it. And there is some very specific uh, scenario terrain and things that this wants for. Uh, so that can, you know, that can be a little bit of setup time and build time, you know, to get into this. Uh, but the final outcome of it is very interesting. Let's see if I can get to that here. Uh, scenario 10 here, we're going to have to deal uh, with the Lich Lord himself. And, you know, maybe you defeat him, uh, maybe you don't. Uh, players will kind of have to work together a little bit. It's almost like semi-co-op. Uh, you can have an optional rule where maybe one player kind of takes over the role of the Lich Lord to become the Lich Lord, and you can really kind of play around with that. So if you're looking for sort of a campaign book, a scenario book that you know go through and there's a there's a strict kind of narrative in a sense, uh, this would be a good one for that. And you're gonna want to try to build some different terrain. This one gives you some, some new soldiers, the Bard, which is kind of neat. Uh, what else do we got here? Pack mules, uh, crow masters, javelin ears. Uh, these guys can, the pack mills can carry up to three items, so that's kind of nice, even though they don't really <laughs> fight very well. Uh, we've got some different spells here, and uh, here's the lit, lit, excuse me, Lichdom spell. Uh, this ties into, you know, becoming a lick, a lich, if you will. You've got some new treasure and so on, like you'll see in all these books, and a new bestiary. But I wanted to show here. Uh, it's in the back. Yeah, the Lich Lord here. So uh, him, as well as some of the other characters in some of the other books, they've got a reaction table here uh, that, uh, you know, so it's a little bit more complex of an AI. It's not just your basic, you know, if there's a fighter within a certain distance, then move to them or else kind of move around ram direction and then go try to attack whatever. So this has a little bit more thought behind it here uh, that you can deal with. And so you could even splash the Lich Lord, you know, outside of this campaign if you really wanted to, uh, to control that. So those are the first two there. And now we're going to start to get in the ones that I think are, at least from my opinion, I could certainly see uh, these two having interest to people. Uh, you know, the demon stuff, that's that's a lot to add. Uh, the Lich Lord is a nice, I think from what I've read through it, is a nice campaign. Uh, this one's very nice because I think a lot of people... Um, if you wanted to play the game without a giant table of terrain, you want to look at this one because this is Into the Breeding Pits. It's 
underground scenarios. Uh, a lot of it is very much like a dungeon crawl type of atmosphere. So if you're playing it with like Descent or you had like a Dwarven Forge uh, terrain and different things like that, you could certainly uh, build those out and there's tons of uh, free maps and things that you can get off of like RPG Vault and so on. Uh, so your table space is kind of taken care of and you can really adapt this uh, to that as that, that's really the general idea here. So let's take a look into here. And you can see it's got rules here for underground exploration. So you got your standard setup, and then you have some rules here for dungeon setup in terms of height and ceilings and you know the walls and the doorways and how all that stuff's gonna work, how you're gonna interact with those, uh, how you generate random encounters maybe by opening doors and things like that. So it's gonna have a very much a dungeon crawl vibe, which I think is going to uh, make the game more accessible for players uh, that are coming into it fresh. So this is a good one to kind of pick up uh, you know, maybe with your base game or, or right along with it afterwards. Uh, so we've got, oh, we've also got traps here, uh, which is a very interesting addition. And you can see it shows you the different types of traps that might be there. Uh, so again, that's very cool. There's a ton of that. Secret passages, so you could, you know, go from one part of the dungeon to the other. You can find it. They're going to collapse and stuff. So that's going to make kind of the movement and the tactics of moving around very interesting. Uh, here we have uh, beast crafters here. This is a new type of, of mage that's in here uh, dealing with different animals. So if you've got like the bear and the jaguar and the rats and all that stuff, uh, this is going to be more interesting in dealing with that, which is nice. Of course, being in the dungeon, we want a trap expert to hopefully defuse those. And you've got, again, the scenarios there for, for doing uh, the different indoor scenarios, as well as, of course, new treasure, and then the new bestiary and all that kind of good stuff. And the gnolls here, again, are kind of like the main uh, creature that you have here. So now let's take a look at Frost, the Frostgave folio here. Now this has just come out or will be coming out very shortly. Uh, this is a collection of kind of different expansion modules. Most of these have already been uh, released online as PDFs that you could purchase and download. It does have some new material in it, but let's go and take a look at this. Now I think this one is probably uh, right next to, to breeding pits would be, I would get these two, uh, you know, depending on your needs. Um, like I said, this has a nice dungeon crawl. Uh, this has, I'll show you some different reasons. And then I would say these two are probably equally, uh, in my opinion, you know, less necessary. So let's take a look at this side, this book. Now, the first thing it's going to have here is this hunt for the golem. And this is a mini campaign. Uh, it's just a, three scenarios. Uh, so I like this because, again, it gives you a nice kind of narrative arc. Uh, if you've played with the base game, you've probably got some kind of rock monster or something you can throw down there, some kind of statue that's come to life or something like that. Uh, and so this is something that players can deal with. It has a little bit of a... Uh, semi-co-op attitude, sort of like the Lich does. Uh, so, but it's not as quite as long as the campaign. It's not a quite as much of a commitment. And so you can just go through this quick short scenario here. But again, I like kind of the idea of the added tension between, um, you know, the players versus the players, as well as this big nasty golem that's running around there. Now the next thing here is the cell sword, and this is you can get a captain, and this is sort of a super sh soldier. It also comes with a couple of scenarios here that are sort of anti-magic scenarios where you're going to rely mostly on your soldiers to do uh, their dirty work, and especially your captain here. Uh, so this is a very interesting kind of different take, kind of spices up the game. It gives you something more to tinker with beyond just the uh, the wizard and the apprentice. You got some more uh, null men. So these are kind of anti-magic uh, types of creatures. So it's going to make your uh, scenarios, you know, less useful for uh, your wizards. 
And then we have here um, a solo slash co-op campaign. I know a lot of players like to play co-op, they like to play, play solo, and so here we've got three scenarios that you can play through in a co-op way, in a solo way, and I think this would be good for like, you know, playing with kids or playing with the family, and you know, just learning the game and playing through it, not worrying about competing or balancing your levels and all that kind of stuff. So this is gonna give you a variety of these scenarios here to play through. And maybe more importantly, it gives you a, um, you know, a, a way to sort of look at how you could play this game as a co-op uh, kind of campaign and less of a head-to-head -head skirmish game and more of like, you know, traditional board game style co-op like Descent or, you know, well, Descent's not a co-op, but, uh, you know, like a Shadows of Brimstone or something like that. And then we also have here a beefed up uh, alchemy table here. So he mentions in the in the forward there that he wanted to kind of beef up and make potions a little bit more interesting. Uh, so you can get this for that as well uh, to, you know, to kind of make that a little bit more interesting, potions a little bit more useful and, uh, you know, sought after and not just like, oh, I got a potion, big deal. Uh, so there's a ton more potions and things, a new table to roll on uh, to acquire those. This is Arcane Locations. And uh, so these are going to be a variety of different sort of settings uh, that you can put stuff in here. So if we take a look at that, um, so it gives you, kind of tying back to the beginning here, it, it really gives you a way to sort of, uh, you know, set up and add a little bit of more narrative uh, to these different locations and things. And so this gives you a little things that you can add. And really it's kind of a toolbox at this point. Once you have all these things, you can kind of pick and choose, you know, what models do you have and all that kind of stuff. Uh, oh, I forgot about this, this was in here. Uh, so these are new base resources that you can acquire. And so you can get uh, at your home base when you want to purchase those. And uh, this is the new one. This is the uh, Ravages of Time. This is a semi-cooperative, another mini campaign here. So you can play through this one and again, uh, work your way through this. So this has a lot of different options you've got. Let's see, the co-op solo, the two kind of semi-co-op ones. You've got the dark alchemy stuff. Uh, you've got the captains and the leveling up and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so this is really kind of your biggest bang for your buck, I think, in terms of if you wanted to get one of the books uh, to start with after the base game, then I think the folio here is going to be your best bet. So anyway, I just kind of wanted to cover all of that. Um, if you've watched the channel at all, you know I'm pretty big fan of Frostgrave right now. And uh, anyway, so that's the different expansions that are available, at least as of right now. Thanks. Thanks.